0: Chapter 1. We ended in verse uh, 7 last week. We'll read the whole, the whole chapter. Before we do, um, another, continue to pray for Isaiah and his recovery. Right, so Lamentations chapter 1. Um, last week we looked at the conditions of Jerusalem. And tonight, we will look at the reason for her condition, uh, her sin, and the justice and righteousness of God. Uh, And so, uh, let's look at that that chapter together, Lamentations chapter 1. How lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow she is, who was great among the nations. The princes among the provinces has become a slave. She weeps bitterly in the night. Her tears are on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. Judah has gone into captivity under affliction and hard servitude. She dwells among the nations and finds no rest. All her persecutors overtake her in dire straits. The roads to Zion mourn because no one comes to the set feast. All her gates are desolate. Her priests sigh. Her virgins are afflicted, and she is in bitterness. Her adversaries have become the master. Her enemies prosper, for the Lord has afflicted her because of the multitude of her transgressions. Her children have gone into captivity before the enemy and the daughter of Zion. All her splendor has departed. Her princes have become like deer that find no pasture, that flee without strength before the pursuer. In the days of her affliction and roaming, Jerusalem remembers all her pleasant things that she had in the days of old when her people fell into the hand of the enemy. With no one to help her, the adversaries saw her and mocked at her downfall. Jerusalem has sinned gravely, therefore she has become vile. All who honored her despise her because they have seen her nakedness. Yes, she sighs and turns away. Her uncleanness is in her skirts. She did not consider her destiny, therefore her collapse was awesome. She had no comforter. O Lord, behold my affliction, for the enemy is exalted. The adversary has spread his hand over all her pleasant things, for she's seen the nations enter her sanctuary, those whom you commanded not to enter your assembly. All her people sigh, they seek bread, they've given their valuables for food to restore life. See, O Lord, and consider, for I am scorned. Is it nothing to you all who pass by? Behold and see. Is there any sorrow like my sorrow, which has been brought on me, which the Lord has inflicted in the day of his fierce anger? From above he sent fire into my bones, and it overpowered them. He has spread a net for my feet and turned me back. He has made me desolate and faint all the day. The yoke of my transgressions was bound. They were woven together by his hands and thrust upon my neck. He made my strength fail. The Lord delivered me into the hands of those who I'm not able to withstand. The Lord has trampled underfoot all my mighty men in the midst. He has called an assembly against me to crush my young men. The Lord trampled, as in a winepress, the virgin daughter of Judah. For these things I weep. My eye, my eye overflows with water because the comforter who should restore my life is far from me. My children are desolate because the enemy prevailed. Zion spreads out her hands, but no one comforts her. The Lord has commanded concerning Jacob that those around him become his adversaries. Jerusalem has become an unclean thing among them. The Lord is righteous, for I rebelled against his commandment. Hear now, O peoples, and behold my sorrow. My virgins and my young men have gone into captivity. I called for my lovers, but they deceived me. My priests and my elders breathed their last in the city while they sought food to restore their life. See, O Lord, that I am in distress. My soul is troubled. My heart is overturned within me, for I have been very rebellious. Outside the sword bereaves, at home it is like death. They have heard that I sigh, but no one comforts me. All my enemies have heard of my trouble, and they are glad that you have done it. Bring on the day you have announced that they may become like me. Let all their wickedness come before you, and do to them as you have done to me. For all my transgressions, for my sighs are many, and my heart is faint. And so last week we began a look at this chapter, and we saw... The condition of the city of Jerusalem, the nation of Judah. Uh, The bride had become a widow. The prince had become a slave. The life of the party was all alone. Her friends had become her enemies. The once great nation had been scattered among the nations. The city that was once overflowing with people was deserted. The centers of political power, the places of business, the place of worship had all been destroyed. The splendor has departed. And the princes have become like deer with no pasture. Jerusalem remembers all the pleasant things that she had in days of old. And she sees that her enemies have triumphed over her. There's no one to help her. And everyone that sees her mocks and makes fun of her. How far the great city and the great nation had fallen. And as we talked about last week, this was a self-inflicted wound, the city had sinned against the Lord, rebelled against his covenant, and as a result, God had afflicted her. Uh, Jerusalem was under the hand, the Lord's hand of corrective discipline. As we saw in verse 5 last week, uh, the Lord has afflicted her because of the multitude of her transgressions. And so this is not a case of unjust suffering. This is not like what happened to Job. Uh, As the Lord uh, uh, allowed Satan to attack Job, this was not a case of unjust suffering. This was a circumstance that they had created. Um, And God had uh, called this prophet. He called Jeremiah and other prophets to come and warn the people and to expose their sin, to bring it into the light, to call them to repentance, to call them to uh, turn back, he has sent other acts of discipline: the uh, the, the locust and and Joel and other uh, and famine during the time of uh, of Ahab. He had sent acts of discipline that fell short of exile. He called the prophets to call them to repent, and they had ignored all of the warnings. They had rejected the message of the prophets. They had ignored the calamities that were coming as the Lord's discipline, and uh, they continued to harden their hearts, and as a result, this judgment falls. They had ignored God's provision, and they had ignored His uh, call to repentance, and the result was condemnation and punishment. And so Jerusalem is suffering because of her sin, she is despised by all, and she is a, uh, an object of scorn among all of her neighbors. And we uh, talked about last week that suffering in this world is inevitable. We live in a sinful world. All of creation groans under the weight of man's sin. Things don't work the way uh, they were intended to work. And so there's suffering that is just simply the result of living in a fallen world. Uh, we suffer... Uh, the, the hands of others. And there's also suffering uh, that comes with obedience to God. The world is filled with sinners who hate God and who hate his people. People don't want to obey God, and they resent uh, uh, God for asking them to obey. And when they see other people try to obey God, they, uh, they, they resent those people too. You know, Jesus said to Nicodemus that light is come into the world. But uh, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And he said, everyone doing evil hates the light and does not come into the light lest his deeds be exposed. And Jesus calls us to be light. And so sometimes obedience to God is costly. When we try to obey God, we declare war on the ruler of this age and uh, people who hate the light take their hatred of the light out on people who are reflecting the light. And so... Uh, Uh, The scripture tells us there's a high cost of obeying God. Uh, Following God uh, is is costly. Jesus also says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. And so there'll be suffering in this world. They're suffering just living in a fallen world, if you try to be righteous, you will suffer from the hands of the unrighteous. There is a cost to following God. It's not easy. There's a price to obedience. But as we look in the book of Lamentations, there is a higher cost of disobedience. <laughs> There's, it's not easy to follow God. It's costly, but it is not as costly as disobedience. Um, The price of obedience is a bargain compared to the price of rebellion, and uh, avoiding sin costs us less than repenting of sin, the the consequences of sin. And so in this passage, we see the the consequence, the result of those who refuse to put on the yoke of obedience. Uh, Instead of, you know, Jesus issues the invitation in Matthew's gospel, if anyone is, Is You know, let everyone who is weary and burdened come to me and take my yoke upon you, the yoke of obedience. But here instead, Jerusalem has chosen the yoke of transgressions that we see in verse 14. Uh, They had been a slave to their sin, and now they were slaves to the consequences of their sin. Uh, And we see some of the consequences in verse 8. Jerusalem has sinned gravely. Therefore, she has become vile. All who honored her despise her because they have seen her nakedness. Yet she turns, she sighs and turns away. Her uncleanness is in her skirts. She did not consider her destiny. Therefore, her collapse was awesome. And so we see the first consequence of sin here. We see these verses are filled with shame. Shame. guilt and, and shame, um, they are facing God's judgment, and, and the, the words we see here, you know, she has become vile, despised, nakedness, uncleanness, and so these words all speak to, to shame, and these are God's people, God loves them with an everlasting love, God is long-suffering, But their sin has reached its fullness and uh, the cup of God's wrath has been filled to overflowing and God's wrath is being poured out upon his people. God has destroyed his own temple. He has scattered his own sheep. He has ruined his own city. Uh, Judah believed that they could do whatever they wanted to do because they were God's chosen people and they had the temple in their city. They believed that God's covenant love would protect them, that he would ignore their sin, he would turn uh, uh, turn away from their sin, he would ignore it because they had God's name, God's covenant, God's temple, and because of their self-confidence, they ignored God's covenant, they ignored their part of the covenant, they disobeyed God's, God's laws, and their sinfulness led to Brokenness. And uh, that's the central message of Lamentations. God values his people. He has chosen his people. He loves his people. He has redeemed his people. He has brought them into a good land. He has given them a city. Uh, He has built his temple in their midst. But there is something more important than the preservation of the city. God's own righteousness. God's people had abandoned him in their worship. They had abandoned him in their actions, and they abandoned him in their hearts. And as a result, God's wrath was poured out, and the city was destroyed. And Lamentations is a mourning over a destroyed city, mourning over sin and its devastating consequences. And so we see the shame, vile, naked, uncleanness, by making herself naked before her lovers, she has made herself impure to her covenant husband, and God has rejected her uh, for a while. You know, she had hidden her filth under her skirts, but what had been done in the darkness had been brought into the light. What she thought she had hidden was made visible, and she cannot even stand the sight of her own corruption. Uh, And so the first consequence of sin we see is shame. She has become vile. Those who honored her despised her. They've seen her nakedness. Her uncleanness is in her skirts, the text says. We see her shame. Second, we see loss. She has suffered great loss. Verse 10. The adversary has spread his hand over all her pr- pleasant things. She's seen the enemies enter her sanctuary. Those who you command not to enter your assembly have defiled the temple uh, uh, and destroyed it and taken away all of the treasures from the temple, taking them to Babylon. All those things have been taken, and uh, she has experienced great loss. All the things she held close have been taken away from her. And then there's also uh, deprivation. She's been deprived of the necessities of life. Verse 11, all her people sigh. They seek bread. They've given their valuables for food to restore life. See, O Lord, and consider, for I am scorned. And so the possessions that were so valuable, their treasures are now now mean nothing Uh, when they don't have the basic necessities of life. They don't have bread. They don't have food. And so all of these things that they had treasured, they uh, willingly sell in exchange for food in order to sustain their life. The gracious gifts that God has given them have fallen into the hands of the enemy and what they have left they have to exchange for food to stay alive. And then the final consequence of sin we see here is... Just a brokenness. Shame, loss, deprivation, brokenness. Verse 12, is it nothing to you all who pass by? Behold and see, is there any sorrow like my sorrow which has been brought on me, which the Lord has afflicted in the day of his fierce anger? And so we see her, her brokenness. She looks for sympathy from those who are passing by, uh, and yet she has been exposed to God's wrath. The Lord has afflicted her in the day of His fierce anger, and we see a couple of uh, images that the prophet uses for God's wrath. Uh, verse thirteen, He has sent fire. Uh, from above he has sent fire into my bones, reminiscent of the fire and brimstone that fell from heaven onto the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, uh, the fire came from above and fell uh, on Jerusalem's bones, the very core of her being. The Lord has set a net for feet and turned back. They're, they're entrapped in their sins. They're trapped in their grief there seems to be no escape from the sorrow from the brokenness from the deprivation the loss the shame and she's under the yoke of her transgressions the yoke of my transgressions was bound woven together by his 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 hands and thrust together on my neck he made my strength to fail so so uh uh, trapped under the power of sin and under the power of circumstance, or the the consequences of his sin. Verse fifteen, the Lord has trampled under feet all my mighty men in my midst. He's called an assembly, a mighty army against me that came and crushed my young men. And then the image of a, a wine pressed uh, The Lord has trampled as in a wine press, and and just stomping the life out of the city. All of those things. Are expressions of God's wrath. Fire from above, a net for my feet, a yoke of transgressions, trampled underfoot, an army coming to crush my young men, just as, a, as, as the Lord trampled, as in a wine press, the virgin daughter of Judah. And so uh, she's broken and trapped in God's wrath where there seems to be no escape and she holds out her hands doesn't anyone care there is no comforter her neighbors had become her enemies even the nations that had been her lovers want nothing to do for her verse 16 for these things I weep my eye I overflows with water because the comforter who would restore my life is far from me. My children are desolate because the enemy prevailed. Zion spreads out her hands, but no one comforts her. The Lord has commanded concerning Jacob that those around him become his adversaries. Jerusalem has become an unclean thing among them. She holds out her hands no one cares there is no comforter her neighbors have become her enemies her lovers have abandoned her her young and her strong had been carried away and the old weak ones that are left behind have to struggle for survival in a devastated city there is no comforter no one cares the city is entrapped in brokenness and deprivation and loss and in shame no one there to provide any relief but then verse 18 what does the prophet say what does the city say the lord is righteous for i rebelled against his commandment this is justice this is deserved this was earned The city was getting just what it deserved because she had rebelled against God. The Lord was righteous in executing his judgment. And her lovers have forsaken her. The Lord is righteous for I rebelled against his commandment. Verse 18, hear now all peoples and behold my sorrow. My virgins and my young men have gone into captivity. Verse 19, I called for my lovers, but they deceived me. My priest and my elders breathed their last in the city where they sought food to restore their life. And so those nations that, had, uh, that she had sought for help and rescue, they had abandoned her. And even the religious leaders that told her she was going to be okay because of the temple, well, they died of starvation. They didn't have anything to, uh, 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 to, 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 to sustain them. They breathed their last. Even the priest and the elders Breathe their last in the city while they looked for food because the city was deprived. And so the Lord is righteous. Jerusalem has fallen. The bride has become a widow. She's experienced shame and loss and deprivation and brokenness. And the Lord was righteous in that judgment God is long suffering and merciful but rebellion against his rule has consequences and Lamentations chapter 1 here shows us the consequences of rebellion on Jerusalem and, uh, and, and of course the truth of Lamentations applies to all people at all places uh, at all times uh, sin is bad God is holy, and there are consequences uh, for disobeying God. Sin is bad, God is holy, and a righteous and just God must punish sin. If God did not punish sin, if He did not punish rebellion, He would not be just, He would not be righteous, He would not be a good judge. And so, God must punish sin. He is a God that is holy, righteous, and just, and he is a good judge. Therefore, sin must be punished. And we are blessed to live under a new covenant. God has sent his son Jesus to take the punishment that we deserve. And God's demand for justice was satisfied when his wrath was poured out on Jesus. And Jesus experienced the the shame as he was stripped and, and, and beaten almost to death. Jesus experienced loss as they ripped his clothes off of him and uh, cast lots for his clothing. He experienced deprivation on the cross. He said, I thirst. And he experienced brokenness as God poured out his wrath on him and those who had crucified him looked upon the one that they had pierced. And Jesus took the eternal penalty for our sin and God proved that that penalty had been paid and was accepted as he raised Jesus from the dead. God promises that he will never leave us or forsake us. God is with us to give us strength over the challenges of this life and he saves us from the condemnation in the next life. By God's grace through faith in Jesus, he saves us from the eternal penalty of our sin the eternal consequences of our sins. But he never promises to take away the temporary consequences of our sin. Uh, He saves us from the eternal penalty, but there are temporary consequences to sin and rebellion. Um, God is holy, sin is bad, and sin has consequences. And so... uh, uh, we must constantly battle uh, to battle with the power of the Holy Spirit to identify, to war with and to put to death the sin that remains, because sin will cause guilt and shame, loss and deprivation and brokenness. Obeying God is hard, but disobeying Him is harder. And while he saves us from the eternal penalty of our sin, there are still temporary consequences of our sin that we will experience. And here we see the city. God was right. God was just. The Lord is righteous. And then, at the end of the chapter, verse 20, the city turns to the Lord. She's held out her hands to her neighbors, those who are passing by, her former lovers, None of them care. None of them are there to comfort her. None of them are there to provide her any relief. She holds out her hands. No one cares. All her friends have forsaken her. So she turns to the Lord. Verse 20. See, O Lord, that I am in distress. My soul is troubled. My heart is overturned within me, for I have been very rebellious outside the sword bereaves at home, it is like death. And so the city, finally the the widow looks toward heaven and she has a broken and contrite heart. She is repentant. She confesses her sin and turns. The Lord is righteous, for I committed rebellion against His commandment. See, O Lord, that I'm in distress. My soul is troubled. My heart is overturned. That's an expression of repentance. For I have been very rebellious. She has a broken and contrite heart. She is repentant. She accepts her punishment and she mourns over her pain. And she also mourns over the... uh, the happiness of her enemies. Verse 21, they have heard that I sigh, but no one comforts me. All my enemies have heard of my trouble, and they are glad that you've done it. And then she asks for justice on her enemies. Bring on the day you have announced that they may become like me. We saw in the other prophets that God raises up the Babylonians, the Chaldeans, to come and be his instrument of judgment against Jerusalem and against Judah and Habakkuk says, well, they're even worse than we are. And so the city in Lamentations uh, asks for God's justice against her enemies. Uh, The enemies of God are happy at the destruction of Jerusalem, the destruction of his people, and she prays uh, for a punishment similar to what happened to her to be visited upon her enemies. Verse 22, let all their wickedness come before you and do to them as you've done to me for all my transgressions, for my size are many, and my heart is faint. So Lamentations chapter one, <laughs> there's a pretty clear message. Sin is the problem. Sin brings ruin. Sin ruins individuals. Sin ruins families. Sin ruins ruins churches. Sin ruins cities. Sin ruins nations. The problem is sin, and God is just and righteous, and he must punish sin. And for Jerusalem, the ruin is worse because the nation had received warnings. God sent his prophets. God had given gracious provision. The Lord had drawn his people to himself. He gave them a good land. He settled them in a city. He built a temple. And in their rebellion, he called prophets, he sent his discipline, he called his people to repent, he gave gracious provision, and neither his kindness nor his severeness, severity caused repentance. And after the people repeatedly ignored God's acts to draw his people back to himself, he sent them into Exile. So Lamentations chapter 1 teaches us some important truths. The badness of sin, the horror of sin, and the righteousness of God. And while God saves us from the eternal consequences of our sin by His grace through faith in Jesus Christ, there is still temporal consequences, there is still God's discipline. And God's people had disobeyed Him. God had warned them of coming discipline if they did not repent. They did not repent, and judgment came. God has allowed the suffering as corrective discipline. Um, and we talked about it last week. Not all discipline, not all suffering is corrective. Some of it is instructional. This is corrective discipline because of her transgressions. And uh and, and all suffering is discipline not all corrective but some instructive and so another thing we learn is when we go through suffering what can we learn do not waste your suffering learn from it receive it as the lord's discipline work with the spirit to identify remaining sin do battle with it put to death cry out to god be repentant And we see the example of just lament, crying out to God, See, O Lord, that I am distressed. My soul is troubled. My heart is overturned within me. I've been very rebellious. So repent of sin and trust Him even through the trials. And uh, we should hate sin, and we should hate the consequences that it brings. And we should always be at work with the power of the Holy Spirit to identify, to do battle with, and to kill, uh, put to death the sin that remains so that we might avoid the consequences that come from our sin, the yoke of transgressions and slavery and bondage to sin and its consequences. So questions about Lamentations chapter one. In that chapter, we see the condition of Jerusalem, how far she fell. We see why she fell because of her sin. And we see the righteousness of God in bringing that judgment upon his people. All right. And next week, Lord willing, weather permitting, we'll look at Lamentations chapter 2. Right. Let's pray together. Lord God, we are thankful for your word. We're thankful for the truth of it. And Lord, we're thankful for your goodness. And Lord, as we read through the consequences of our sin, the shame, the loss, the deprivation, the brokenness, And we just give you praise uh, that you had a great and glorious plan to satisfy your justice and your mercy, sending Jesus to take the eternal consequences of our sins away from us so that we might be forgiven and have everlasting life. But Lord, we recognize that there are still uh, temporary consequences to our sin. You've saved us from the eternal penalty, but you don't promise to save us from the temporary consequences, the shame and loss and deprivation and brokenness that goes with our sin. And so Lord, we pray for the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit to put it to death, to to work, to to identify, to do battle with, and to put to death the sin that remains, that we might be saved from your corrective discipline and not experience the consequences of our sin. So Lord, help us to be holy. Help us to grow in holiness and righteousness and godliness. And help us as we seek to uh, uh, live lives before you that are pleasing in your sight. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you all much.